Hello and welcome to Nutritious, your guide to a healthier lifestyle. In today's episode, we'll be joined by Andrew Kerchenko, a student athlete at the Bowles School in Jacksonville, Florida, and a formal attendee at Edgewood Junior Senior High School, and explain how he fuels himself to contribute to his performance in the water as an athlete with multiple state and national awards. Welcome to the podcast, Andy. Happy to be here. Can you tell us more about yourself and your accomplishments? Yeah, so I'm going into my junior year at uh, the Bulls School, and I also happen to swim. Uh, swimming is a sport that consumed me for a majority of my life, and I'm very proud of what I managed to accomplish. Uh, I've been swimming ever since I was six or seven years old, so I'm, com- I'm coming up in about 10 years. Uh, I was a part of the 15-16 relay national age group record set back in December in the 400 medley relay. I'm a uh, three-time FHSAA state champion. I was All-American two consecutive years for my freshman and sophomore year. And I also have multiple Florida swimming age group records. Definitely a very decorated person. So Thank you. what does a typical week look like for you? Uh, very strenuous. So here at Bowles, we swim nine times a week and three out of the water dry land sessions. For the swims, we'll rotate through aerobic and anaerobic sessions. The aerobic sessions are more like yardage driven. So it's more swimming with less rest to keep a consistently high heart rate. The anaerobic sessions are higher rest, lower yardage with a maximum effort, which will usually include off the block sprint efforts. This will spike your heart rate, but it will also give you enough time to recover in between. The three out of the water sessions include two weight sessions and one dry land circuit, including an ab and boxing station. The swims average two hours and the dry lands are closer to one hour. And for each practice, there are slightly different ways to prepare because it's quite the uh, versatile regimen. And how does your training schedule change in season? Yeah, so as we get closer to a big meet, we go into taper, which is, in simple terms, more rest and less intensity. I'm actually on taper now. We have a meet in uh, Irvine, California uh, coming up in a week. I start racing Monday. It's a five-day meet. So Monday through Friday next week, I'll be in Irvine. So I'm actually taping right now. So we do more anaerobic work, some more sprint and more fast efforts. And this is to prime the fast switch muscles in the body, which uh, are you uh, and get the body used to going fast with rest. So the fast switch muscles are uh, beneficial for exerting a lot of power or force quickly. So as a sprinter, it's required for them to be primed and ready to go. Slow twitch muscles are more for uh, distance swimmers and longer endurance events, which are built up through longer aerobic swimming. So that's sort of what we do in the start of the season. So I'd say January through March, we had a lot of uh, aerobic work. So we did a lot of longer swimming, a lot of longer sets. But as the season progressed and we get uh, closer to our meet, we definitely switch into more sprint and more power work. And as we did that, the fast twitch muscles also developed very well. So that's where we are now. Are there any specific foods, dietary choices, and supplements you believe had a significant positive impact on your performance and recovery? I mean, carbs and protein are always a vital part to uh, to my diet, especially as an endurance athlete, such as a swimmer. Uh, athletes use a lot more of these macronutrients than most other people, especially in an endurance sport, such as swimming. Having an influx of these macronutrients helps like replenish the body, leading to like faster recovery and durable energy output. Every stroke you do or every lift you do will work to break down muscle tissue, which will lead to soreness or inflammation as the muscle works to be repaired. 
normally I like to have a protein shake after every practice with like 25 grams of protein, 200 something calories, which is a nice like after after workout snack. And having this uh, might lead to faster recovery, allowing sustentation of peak performance. So you can perform better if you're better recovered. However, whey protein should never replace food only in addition, because if you replace food with whey protein, then it's not a good source of, it's not a great source of protein. Like actual food is always the best source of protein, but having that little extra bit always helps. I like to have a yogurt every morning or a peanut butter and a honey bagel. These are great sources of protein. I also like to have a lot of chicken on a daily basis. Uh, for carb sources, I like to stick to like pasta, rice, potatoes, which are all excellent sources. Having a carb-rich snack before a workout, I found very beneficial to give you that little boost of energy. So uh, sometimes it's a cliff bar or a pack of goldfish. Other times it's a pack of gummies or something sweet. Anything with just a lot of carbs I can get in quickly. Overall, I consume 3,500 calories daily, I'd say. About, uh, each, each water workout burns over 1,000 calories. I think I've gone up to 1,500 I think this morning I was probably 1,200 and having two of them in a day with other activities in between can cause me to burn uh, three to 4,000 calories daily. And I track all of this in my whoop, which is a little wristband. So that tracks all of your metrics ranging from, from your sleep to your strain to your recovery. And uh, speaking of sleep, I see it as better than any supplement you can think of. I try to go to sleep at uh, about 1030. I wake up probably close to 715 every day, which is a routine I've gotten myself into throughout the summer. Most days of the week, I'll also have like an hour and a half nap after morning practice. So with an increased physical workload of being an athlete, your body needs needs the more rest. And the more you sleep, the better your body can recover. And as you sleep, your body will actually repair itself and the micro tears and the muscles that I mentioned earlier. Along with sleep, hydration is also key. and It begins way before you're thirsty. So you should be drinking throughout the day, not just when you're thirsty, when you wake up before practice, after practice, during practice, all the time you should be drinking. Uh, swimming outside in Florida makes me go through a lot of water, which I try to pair uh, with a liquid IV, which is just electrolytes in a packet that you pour into your water. It also makes the water easier to drink because it gives it a little bit of a taste. So it's not as hard to get down, if that makes sense. Or a BCAA powder, which is what I have uh, intra workout sometimes, which keeps me fueled and hydrated throughout. Himalayan pink salt is something I have been recently uh, experimenting with, which helps me uh, keep the edge over hydration. As far as actual supplements go, the only thing I would recommend is caffeine in moderation. So in heavy training or when you need your absolute best self, caffeine is a great option. It brings your alertness up and allows you to concentrate on something. A couple of times a month is perfectly okay, but developing a dependence is not. Caffeine can lead to anxiety, which is the last thing you want as an elite athlete. It's going to interfere with the diet as it reduces your appetite and can interfere with sleep. The half-life of caffeine is like four to six hours, meaning if you take 200 milligrams at 5 p.m. when you go to sleep at 9 or 10, there will still be 100 milligrams in your system. So I advise you to use it at your discretion, but at the same time, it's very beneficial. Obviously, as an elite swimmer, there's a lot of pressure before games to perform exceptionally. Can you explain some ways to alleviate the stress for aspiring athletes? Yeah, so as I was saying, I have that meet next week, and the nerves are starting to kick in now. So it gets a lot worse as you get closer to the meet, but I'd say when you get to the actual meet itself is when you're the calmest. So um, there's always that what if this goes bad and what if I'm not prepared enough. And my best advice is athletes need to trust the process and trust the work that they put in. They put in uh, work for months at a time, and it'll pay off, but the doubt's in your head. 
uh, you just need to find a way to distract yourself. Even if the race doesn't go as planned, you still have to express the uh, gratitude for being there and have fun at what you're doing because it's a great opportunity in any sport you do. But as I said, the best thing you can do is to find a way to distract yourself. The worst feeling in the world is the night before a race and your heart just won't stop beating because you're nervous. And I've been in, in the situation more times than I can count. And the best advice I have is just to find a way to distract yourself. To meet uh, the state meet that we had in uh, November, we had another meet in March and we're coming up on our next huge meet. And when you're laying in bed trying to fall asleep and you can feel your heart beating against the bed, trust me, that's the worst feeling in the world. I've been there more times than I can count. And it's not really a way to make it go away. There's only a way to make it less, I guess. And um, some of the things I do is like watch some TV or I'll read a book. Scrolling through my phone isn't the best option, but if it helps you distract yourself, then I guess go for it. But uh, you have to do anything but just sit and think. Because if you just sit and think, that's when you have doubts. Thinking is your enemy. You really just don't want to overthink. Having some pressure or some nerves before a race can be beneficial, actually. But when it overcomes you, this is when it's bad and becomes detrimental. Don't get caught up in the end goal also. That's somewhere where I think a lot of stress comes from. So if you get like uh, if you get caught up thinking about the time that you want to go or how you want to place in a race, I think that's when a lot of anxiety comes from. I think it's a lot better to think in like the execution of a race or the process of how you want to do it. So, for example, in the race, I don't want to think of the time I want to go. I want to think of how I want to get there what effort I want to be at throughout the race, like the pace that I'm holding, how much pain I want to be in at a certain part. So let's say I'm in a hundred free and at the 50 free, I want to feel like this. I want all my legs to feel like this. I think that's a great way to think about it without overthinking your race. This helps to get rid of the number in my head and it paves a path for me to get there. Instead of just having that time in my head, I actually have a way I, I can achieve that time, which is how I look at races and how it gets my anxiety down because then it makes me trust my training and trust myself because I know like, I can do the small steps to accomplish the big goal. What tips would you give to an athlete aiming to optimize recovery times after an intense workout? Because obviously you've been in multiple races, you've been in multiple practice sessions. You have to like, you know, optimize these recovery times, make sure you're covery for the next session. Yeah. So I think a nap would surely help. I think I told you earlier that I nap every, like almost every day because we practice twice a day. So when I get home from practice in the morning, I have some food. I have uh, a protein shake maybe. I might take a warm shower to kind of soothe up my muscles, and then I go straight to sleep. Uh, you don't want to nap for too long because you don't want to mess up your schedule at night, but I think like an hour and a half nap, an hour nap will really help you out in the afternoon session. Uh, something else I started recently is uh, tart cherry juice. So you can go anywhere. I think Walmart Publix, they also sell um, tart cherry juice. But I do this to overwhelm the body with antioxidants. And it also works as an anti-inflammatory, which uh, speeds up recovery. Um, ice baths are also very useful. I aim for one or two a week, depending on meat schedules. Not for too long, maybe seven to eight minutes. You don't want to make yourself too cold, but you also want to get the benefit. And um, also go to the sauna, I'd say once or twice a week, because I live right next to YMCA. So going to the sauna is pretty useful because you can help replenish your body, his blood and bring more oxygen in into your bloodstream, which is nice. Uh, compression. I do compression in between sessions at meets. So how the, the way a meet works is there's, or most meets, there's prelims in the morning and the, the top 16 or the top 24 will qualify for finals. And in between sessions, I, I, I try to take a nap, but also I put on compression gear, compression leggings, compression shirt. And that really helps me feel good when I hop in the water to warm up for finals because I just, my muscles feel 
fresh. They feel full of oxygen. They feel ready to fire. They feel ready to go. So compression also helps up Normatec. I'm not sure if you're aware of Normatec, but it's like it's like a balloon almost that you put on your legs and it inflates and it just compresses your legs and then it goes through like a, a cycle. So it'll go, it'll go really tight. It'll go really loose. It'll kind of just go in between cycles and then you, you take them off and your legs just feel fresh is the best way I can describe it. So that's another really great way to uh, recover in, in, in between sessions. And lastly, what advice do you have for aspiring athletes who are looking to adopt a healthier lifestyle and diet to improve their performance to maybe one day reach a level that you're at? My best advice would just be to stick to a routine. I know getting started is probably the hardest part, but the way to get started is, I guess, find motivation for what you want to do and make a routine and stick to it. So if you have a schedule for yourself, it's already 20% easier, you know, because you have the hardest part out of the way because you don't really have to think about it. You can, can, you can kind of just go do it because then when you don't have the motivation to go and you don't want to do something, you can just stick to a plan and you don't have to put much thought into it, if that makes sense. So like if you stick to your schedule or routine, you can do it without much thought and then it becomes a habit. And then once it becomes a habit, you can do it subconsciously without any thought. Like if you go to the gym every morning at seven to eight, and then eventually you don't want to go to the gym at seven, eight, well then you just do it automatically and your body will feel bad if you don't. So, you know, that's something that always helped me. Like same with homework. I have a certain hours in my day that are reserved to homework. Let's say after school, I come home after practice, it's six o'clock. I try to do homework from seven thirty to eight thirty every night. And then when I do it every day, it's just, it's easier because I have that time reserved and I have that in my mind. It's like, okay, now it's time for homework. It's the same way with, with, with any exercise or any swim practice or any track practice you have that time reserved in your head okay 7 30 8 30 it's time to go swim and then once you have that in your head i think it becomes a lot easier well thank you for allowing me to interview again today and good luck at your next competition event absolutely i'm glad i can be here uh, thank you so much i'm your host arm of jane and thank you for tuning into nutritious your guide to a healthier lifestyle